Good evening, how are you doing? Oh, your, your mics, are, there's something wrong with that. Keep talking. Is that any better? Hello? That's that aye, that's Hello? it, that's it aye. You, you, you were like, when you first came on. What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like Chewbacca with a sore throat. That's exactly how you sounded. I was messing about with the place my my mic thing was, and I've messed about with a couple of knobs. So (laughs) I bet you have. (laughs) (laughs) Not you there, then. Well, Dave did actually have a guest lined up for tonight, but I didn't agree with the direction Dave was going to take the podcast, so I offered my resignation instead. So it's just the two of us tonight because Dave decided not to go ahead with that. Oh, for you've fuck's com- sake. You've completely lost me, Derek. I take it you know heard about Vias Boas then? Yeah, I I, I, I do. I, but I was wondering who uh, <laughs> you were saying that I was getting to be the guest today <laughs> if you were going to resign. Right, that's getting scrapped. <laughs> <laughs> what you uh, should have said was uh, Dave had and Paul the Tim lined up or something like that to, to come in as a guest and uh, I offered my resignation to no. that's, that's what you should have said <laughs> oh, when you have to explain the joke it doesn't work <laughs> because that was what I was th- that was a part of the banter for, for later on that I was going to get into but right well, well we, we can leave that for the next time we'll maybe <laughs> just put, put this on outtake then Oh, oh my god, right, okay. <laughs> Started well, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> you, if you're going down on a player, you know you're going down on a player, or I'll say that again because that sounds dodgy there. <laughs> <laughs> I could say something, but I'll, 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 I'll bet I'll know. Boop, I heard the wee boop. The stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Derek, and with me is my co host, Dave. How are you doing, Dave? Derek, I'm very well, mate. How's yourself? I'm excellent. You know, I've resigned myself to the fact that we're going to win the league now. I'm still not saying anything, but the the, the whole uh, comedic value of everything that's going on at the moment is just absolutely fantastic. It is, you know, it's the banter years times 10 at the moment, and I'm absolutely loving it. Like I said in the last pod, Derek, just even getting to listen to Clyde, phone in now which I've never done in years and years it's just just for pure comedy it's just it's fantastic stuff and I'm lapping it up we all knew it was going to be great but we, I don't think we could have ever imagined how, how good it's been could we have and, and it's just I'm sure you'll you'll get into the transfer window as well but even the transfer window has turned into comedy gold for them as well hasn't it it's just been absolutely it's just a, you know if things are just keep going from bad to worse for them and I am absolutely loving it yeah so we've just got the two games to cover two wins two well one of them was a fairly easy game and the other one was a fairly tough game which we knew it was going to be but we still passed with flying colours anyway yep. so we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the park <laughs> Hello, 
So the first game we've got to cover is Saturday the 23rd of January. It was at home to Ross County in the Premiership where we won 5-0 and it was 5 going on 50, wasn't it? It really was, Derek. I said to you it's, uh, after the game, it's probably one of the, the uh, best performances of the season, to be honest with you. It was uh, absolutely, you know, the the football was flowing, the one-touch one touch football was fantastic. The finishing was clinical. It was just it was an excellent game all round. I thought Rangers were absolutely tremendous. I realised that Ross County are uh, you know languishing near the bottom or, or or they possibly are bottom of the league. But you know we we shown that we were miles and miles ahead and just an excellent performance. But I'll let you get into it, Derek. Yes, so it was one change from the Motherwell game where Hellander came in for Balogun. So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Aribo, Kent, Hadji and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Balogun, Defoe, Itton, Zungu, Patterson, Roof and Jack. And as ever, within the first five, six minutes, we ended up going a goal up with Kent scoring. A lot of possession and pressure ended in Tavernier floating across in from the middle into the back left post. A lovely cushioned header back in the middle to Kent who gets a floating header over the keeper and in the post is stamped. Brilliant goal, great start. Yeah, and a collector's item there. Have we seen Kent score for a header before, Derek? And, <laughs> I don't uh, think so, no. So, uh, no, it was excellent. And, you know, great great awareness by him. He did have time to try and, and bring it down, but you just, you know, he noticed the goal, he was off the line. And just managed to, you know, nod the ball right over the top of him and, and into the net. Great awareness and an absolutely brilliant start. Yep. I thought you were talking about a collector's item with Kent scoring for a change this season. I well, well, no, I'll, I'll let him away, away with that one, Derek. Away. But uh, compared to how he was at the start of the season, it's, uh, it's been a bit barren for him. But here's hoping that that's the start of things to come, mate. Eh? Yep. On the 11th minute, Tavernier with a free kick 25 yards out, went up and over the wall but just over the bar, the keeper had it covered anyway. On the 12th minute penalty to Rangers, Morelis robbed the ball off the defender just outside the box drove it into the box, the defender clipped Morelis from behind, penalty given arguably a red card but nothing given we'll take the penalty anyway Yeah, definitely, yep. And for the second game running a penalty miss from Tavernier. This time, it was a really poor penalty. He tried to place it to the left. No pace at all, and the keeper made an easy save. Uh, obviously, at, at the time, a lot of calls to get him get him taken off penalties, but this is what happened last season as well. He, yeah. We then went through a poor run of penalties because we swapped around to the, the penalty taker. Yes. He just needs to get back on that horse and, and take the next one. I, I don't think there was as many, there's as many calls for that this season, Derek, because we do know what happened last year. But very sort of nonchalant, wasn't it? It wasn't a sort of, you know, he didn't go down and sort of hammer it in. He, as you say, tried to place it. Wasn't a great run-up and quite an easy save for the keeper. But again, at the end of the day, it didn't matter, Derek. It wasn't a crucial penalty to win, win the game or anything like that. So we can handle it at that stage and... Here's hoping that's him had his couple of misses now because you know we are due at least one penalty a game according to everybody on the other <laughs> side of the city. So, you know, we need him back scoring goals. Yep. 15th minute, Aribo squares the ball into the box to Tavernier who had his back to goal, lays it off to Kent who has a great shot across the ground, off the right post, off the legs of the diving keeper and out for the corner. Really unlucky that and a great move. 
21st minute, a quick break by Ross County, ending in a weak shot from the left side of the box and an easy take for McGregor. 24th minute, corner from Ross County on the right and a header over the bar. And then we, made, we doubled their lead on the 28th minute with Hellander scoring. Barisic with a lovely corner from the left into the centre of the box and Hellander with a towering header under no pressure straight into the back of the left-hand side of the goal. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant goal. As you say, Derek, for a guy the size of Hellander, for him, you know, it's sort of a free header right in the centre of the box. It's still defending, but again, the way that he got up and absolutely battered into the net, I love seeing goals like that. I love seeing sort of balls into the box and the players getting up and hammering it in with the head. So absolutely delighted. And again, for him, because he's been playing so well, Derek, so, you know, d- delighted. And as you say, that that was a really killed the game in the first half because it was just all, all Rangers and the goals were starting to flow now so excellent yep 32nd minute Barisic with a free kick on the right hand side of the box he tried to sneak it into the near post had the keeper scrambling but he managed to collect the ball at a second attempt really inventive there from that from Barisic on the 36th minute we basically sealed the game with Aribo scoring Aribo down the right gets to the touchline cuts it back which outfoxes the defender who came back with him he drives it into the box he took on another defender then hit a brilliant shot at an angle into the far side corner an absolute stunning goal and that was the type of play that we've seen Aribo do before I think was it against Braga right? yeah we have been no no criticise him Derek but by his standards he's, he's been poor recently hasn't he been giving the ball away he's not really been in that flow that we've seen him being able to go and take players on and uh, it was just great to see him score a goal like that Derek because we all know he's got the, all the ability in the world and it was just a phenomenal phenomenal goal the control and the, the vision that, that he had and then the strike at the end it was just like the sort of flick of the boot wasn't it and it just curled perfectly past the goalkeeper into the net it was a tremendous goal Yep, 44th minute, Hadji with a powerful shot from the right hand side from 20 yards and it went not far wide and that's how the first half ended out so it was a relentless first half, high tempo yeah. going for the jugular from the off we never took our foot off the gas Ross County played fairly open and they paid the price for us uh, we had all the possession, we were knocking the ball about well with some inventive passage of play and we took advantage early on So yeah Excellent. So into the second half, got to be happy with that. 45th minute, straight from kickoff, Ross County get the ball up the park. Had a shot from the right side, just outside the box, off the inside of the hour right post, yeah. spins across the goal and clears. So really, you know, they were going for it straight away as well. And <laughs> maybe got lucky with that one there. V- very lucky, Derek, because it was some shot, and as you say, if it just had been a an inch, you know, to the left-hand side, it was going right into the bottom corner. So we did get get, get away with that one, but uh, again. Maybe uh, in the second half, maybe they were going to be a wee bit more, uh, you know, relaxed Rangers. But that certainly woke them up for the start of the second half because <laughs> after that, again, it was just it was it was relentless after that from us, wasn't it? Yeah. 48th minute, ball chipped into the left side of the box to Morelos with his back to goal. A lovely touch, a turn, a quick shot, forcing the keeper into a good save at the near post, and they had to take a second bite again. 51st minute lovely floated cross ball from Davis to Kent in the box gets his head to it but collected by the keeper 53rd minute Ross County with a header in the box after the ball was floated in everyone stopped as if it was going over but it hit off the bar back out and cleared McGregor was absolutely rooted so had it been on target then that was in the back of the net 
Yeah. 54th minute, Morelos with a shot just wide of the right post. 60th minute, a corner from the right from Tavernier. I can't remember who it was, but it was, there was a lovely back heel flick at the near post forces, a brilliant save from the keeper. Then we made four substitutions. Morelos, Davis, Kamara and Aribo off, Jack, Defoe, Itten and Zungu on. And within five minutes, Jack put us 4-0 up. With an absolutely incredible goal. I'll let you describe it, Derek, but it was yeah. fantastic. An absolute standard move all, all round. A free-flowing, one-touch football ending in Hadji getting down the right. Cuts it back to Jack inside of the box. Took a slight bobble, but that still didn't put Jack off hitting a shot and nestling it in the back of net. Just a, a great goal. Am I saying it right, Derek? Maybe about 15 passes right from our defence just played up right the way through through the team and then the, the final sort of three touches into the box uh, were just absolutely sublime and the finish by Jack was just tremendous. It was just a, a phenomenal team goal, a team full of confidence. The passing was just unreal and just, uh, like I said, excellent finish. And for Jack, that's just, you know, you, you can't get in any better than that, Derek. He's been out a while. This is his first turn on the park coming on as a sub and it was maybe something like his third touch of the ball he scores with as well and we all know how highly Stephen Gerrard thinks of Ryan Jack I think he's you know would have him in his team every single game if he was totally fit so absolutely brilliant for him and just an awesome goal to watch just tremendous stuff yep 69th minute Tavernier off and Patterson on 78th minute, lots of patient play, knocking the ball around well, ending in a shot from the edge of the box by Jack, forcing the keeper into a great diving save, so he's nearly at it again there. And to round out the game, on the 80th minute, we went 5-0 up with Goldson scoring. There's a corner in from Barisic from the left, into the middle of the box, Goldson stoops low and gets his head to it and puts it into the right side of the goal. Just It was a weird way taking the header as well. He just, <laughs> <laughs> it was a big gangly man, it just looked like, but he got the other uh, it actually reminded me, Derek, you may be too, too young to remember, I always remember Terry Butcher scoring goals like that for Rangers. You know, he was a guy who, you know, would use his head over his, his feet any day of the week and if the ball was, you know, in anywhere near sort of chest level or down, he would still go for the header and that's kind of what it was. He came in, vast majority of folk would, would have tried to strike it in the volley or whatever, but he sort of stooped down, as you say, Maybe that eluded everyone in the defence, including the, the the goalkeeper, just with the, the way that he did it. But uh, excellent finish by him, you know, for it to end up in the net and just an excellent scoreline at that point because we really were flying high, weren't we? Yeah, uh, so that's how the game rounded out. 5-0, a great performance. And granted, Aye. you've you know, they were sitting, I think, second bottom of the, the league, but yeah, you've got yeah. you can only second play yep. you can only play who you're playing against and uh, beat them resoundingly. Uh, exactly, and and I've got to say uh, for John Hughes, for Yogi, he was just absolutely full of praise for Rangers, the way that we played, the the way that Stephen Gerrard has got us playing, you know, the mentality, the, the system that we were playing and everything, he, you know, was lavishing praise on us and, you know, basically said that we were by far the best team in Scotland so you know we can't say much more than that when a, a manager's saying that about us he knew his team were resoundedly beaten and it could Derek if that game had been dub double figures I don't think Ross County would have had any complaints that's how many clear cut chances that we made that on another day you know we would have scored so uh, great as well Derek with the fact that it was all 
different goal scorers as well throughout the team. That's been the success for, for, for this team this season. It's been a huge thing last season and the season before that. It was basically Morelos. If Morelos didn't score, we were screwed. Whereas now we've got goals for nearly any player on the team could score a goal, uh, which is just absolutely fantastic. That's what you want. And uh, I think as well, t- talking about you, you know Morelos and he, his contribution this season, I think just the way that Steven Gerrard's got him playing, uh, uh, it's given you know the opportunities for you know every other player to get, get a goal because he does take all, all these uh, players away with him. So uh, no, I just d- delighted with the performance, Derek, and delighted with the result. Uh, you know, and uh, the fact that we never conceded again was excellent. So you know, great stuff. Yep. So, the next game now. Talking about Morelos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, talking of Morelos. We'll get into that shortly. The next game was Wednesday, the 27th of January. It was away against Hibs in the Premiership. We were 1 1 0. Only one change again from the Ross County game. It was Jack in for Hadji, which is disappointing for Hadji because he was playing I, well. I was quite surprised about that, Derek. I mean, I, we knew we were going to get a harder game here. I, I understand that. But uh, as you say, I think maybe I, I, I would have been looking at maybe a, a couple of other players to maybe drop rather than Hadji because he certainly, I think he's been playing really well for us. And uh, as you say, quite harsh, but to thinking exactly the same as you there. But, you know, it's, it's one of these things in football, eh? Yeah, so we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Davis, Kamara, Jack, Aribo, Kent and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Hadji, Itten, Zungu, Patterson, Barker, Roof and Balligan. So the first half overall, it was not the greatest of halves. We had a lot of possession, some nice passes of play, but doing really nothing with it. Passing very well on occasion, which was quite remarkable considering the pitch was a, a disgrace. It was an absolute tag yeah, field. Granted, same for both teams, but then on other occasions, our passing was absolutely woeful. Now, given the way we play, we play quick on the deck, one-touch football, it was going to probably affect us more in that that, that case. Uh, we had no creativeness in the final third, though. There was no outlet down the flanks either. Hibs were breaking quickly and always posed a threat without really doing much with it. I think McGregor only had two, two saves the whole game to make, so... Yeah. Um, but the set first half, 12th minute, it was a break of the ball with Aribo getting in front of the defender, only the keeper to beat. He hit an early shot at the edge of the box, but the keeper stood up to it and saved with his hands. 17th minute, this is the moment of controversy. Morelos with a little nudge in Porteous on the edge of the Hibs box. The referee gives a foul, which had no, no issues with there. And Morelos stood in the thigh of Porteous as he was on the ground. It looked as if he could clearly avoid him. It did look like a stamp. Once again, stupidity from Morelos, and we got away with one there. There was no yellow card, no red card. It was just the, foul, the initial foul given. Dave, what was your, your thoughts in the instant? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Morelos as a whole at the end of the game, but what's your thoughts in the instant there? He did stamp on him, right? He did. Where the ball was and the ball bouncing, when you're watching it in live time, I can see where the referee was coming from, that he thought that, you know, it was a tackle going over his legs because his foot was near the ball, the ball was bouncing and all of that. What's annoying me so much is the whole, I mean, it was in the full back pages, every single newspaper, Derek. The Sky Sports commentators were an absolute disgrace. It was a bad tackle, yes. He should have been booked, sent off at the, at the most at the time. It wasn't seen by the referee, but this was like national news. The comments from the media forum is just unbelievable. And I, I was really, really annoyed because it's basically the whole of the game, that's all that was spoken about throughout the whole of the match 
was that incident after that. And these things do happen in football all the time. They happen against us, like it did later on as well. It happens in every single match. We've just seen an incident that we were speaking about off-air as well with regards to a Celtic player as well. But it's when it comes to Rangers and it comes to Alfredo Morelos, it is national news. And that's what's quite sickening to me about it. But I'll let you go on with the rest of the game, Derek, and we'll speak about it after. But uh, it, it, it was a bad gin, and he was lucky that he didn't get at least a, a book in there. But the referee didn't see it. That's just what happened, you know, and he managed to stay on the field. Thank fuck, I suppose, as well. Yeah, exactly, yep. <laughs> on the 28th minute, there was a quick break by Hibbs down the right. The cross was put in, but it was more of a shot at McGregor's near post. He made a save, spilled, the Hibbs player nipped in, and he managed to stop it going out. Uh, it was a pass back into the box, and then blasted over the bar from seven yards out. Dangerous, had the, the follow-up player hit a shot on target, then I think, you know, we might have been in trouble at that point. 31st minute, it was good patient play on the left. Kent works the ball into the box. Finds Morelos with a pass and he shoots, but it was blocked. And then the last piece of play on the in the half, the ball went out for a corner on the 45th minute to us. Kevin Clancy blew for half time. Absolute shit show of a ref there. Oh, you, ne- exactly. you, never do, yep. you never do that. I know it's, there was yep. no injury time, but you had a corner for fuck's sake. You play the corner out at least. And at that stage of the game, Derek, we were on the front foot for the last five minutes, since the five, ten minutes of that game, it was us that were doing all, all, all the attacking, we had the momentum, and as you say, for him, it blow half-time, you know, after a good attack and us getting the corner, it was just, it was a really, really bad re- referee at that point, I think we were all pissed off when that happened, so... Yeah. So in the second half, we, we needed more, as as we kind of highlighted. We just needed that, that something else in the final third. Yeah. Again, there seemed to be a, a disconnect between the midfield and the, the attacking, and uh, it's been a feature of the last maybe four or five games. Not obviously not the the Ross County game, but the, the games before that when we found it difficult to break teams down. But anyway, yeah. in the second half, forty eighth minute, we came straight out the traps. Good play, getting the ball into the box. But nobody wanted to shoot. And that was the thing. They're trying to tee up. I think it was Davis at that point. He was just trying to tee up the perfect shot. And it was at that point you thought, this is not going to go for us today. Aye, it was. I was still hoping, Derek, it was early in the second half. What I was hoping was in the second half that we were going to at least be more, uh, you, you know, attacking and have the vast majority of the ball and really sort of start forcing the play against Hibs. And that's what, what we did. So I was, I was fairly content at that stage. However, two minutes later, Morelis, the man who shouldn't have been on the park apparently, got us a goal up. Davis digs the ball out in midfield, drives it forward, passes to the right side at, at the touchline with Morelis. It went back to Tavernier to make space. Morelis starts to drift towards goal. Couple of inside passes. The ball was fed to Morelis in the box. who takes a touch and then slots it into the net. Just an outstanding move. It really was, especially Morelis was instrumental in, in making that move as well. Passing, getting to the wing, getting out back to Tavernier, drifting in and then eventually receiving the ball to take the shot just brilliant Derek it was we completely bamboozled the Hibs defence and it was all down to one touch passing we dink balls one touch passing and then just that absolutely sublime finish by Alfredo Morelos it really was because he had that defender coming you know right on him he had a split second to react and the finish was out of this world because he didn't hammer the ball. He placed that with the outside his ball. It was a wee sort of chip past the goalkeeper. Precision and excellent all all round goal. And uh, you know it was just great as well. The fact it was him that scored it because 
like I said before, the commentators were out to it. You know, that's all they were talking about. And the fact that it was him that scored the goal made it even more sweeter. But just a, a tremendous goal, Derek. A great goal. Yep. 53rd minute, lovely quick move down the right, ending the ball being crossed in. Aribo had a wee flick and Morelos blasts it wide from a fairly open goal. It did take a bobble right before he shot though and the pitch played played into that. It was almost Van Vossen-esque that, wasn't it, with the way he missed it? Yeah, yep, yep, it really was. 65th minute Morelos in space in the box the ball took an age to come down Morelos gets the ball and delays tries to switch feet and he had a chance to pass which he, and he doesn't and it allows the defender to recover the ball really poor from Morelos there again I don't know if he had too much time or he was just again trying to find his find his feet it was uh, just it could, should have been 2-0 oh, up yeah, yeah. I de- definitely should, should have been I think just like what you said Derek we, we used this uh, example a lot uh, on this podcast, but he did. It was, it was maybe a, a touch of the Kenny Millers there. You know, when you've got too too much time in your hands, you know you're you're prone to make a mistake, and you know, unfortunately, that's what happened there. Yep. It was the last piece of play he was involved in, though, because in the 72nd minute, Morelos off and Roof on. 77th minute, beautiful play down the right by Kamara. Good link-up play. Got the ball to Roof, who squared it to Kent, who had a first-time bullet. However, the keeper made a good save. 79th minute, Jack off, Zungu on. 82nd minute, Aribo off and Itton on. 92nd minute, Davis down the right, cuts inside along the touchline, cuts it back to Itton, who has a shot, and shot near post, but it went wide. And that's how the, the game ended up. So, a massive win. It really was. It was a tough place to go we always knew it was going to be a tough game and it was another one of these games where it was more nervy towards the end than it really was when you look back in it yes. because, because Hibbs done nothing so I, I, exactly Derek our defence looked absolutely solid if you go back again, as I say and, and watch it they gave up absolutely nothing again and it's another Derek another away victory another clean sheet and you know going to a venue that any team in Scotland struggles when they play just an excellent uh, result in the performance. You know, I, I don't think we played particularly fluent in large parts of the game, but because our defence is playing so well and the fundamentals of just stopping Hibs for doing anything played a huge part in it. They they knew that they weren't going to get anything against us just because we were playing possession football and they're running the ball down breaking up the play was just absolutely sensational again and I know it's it's not fancy and whatever you want to call it to watch but uh, just incredibly professional in the system that Stevie Gerrard has got for us playing like that it's just it makes it virtually impossible for, for any of the teams that we're playing against to score and it's just great to see and when that happens when our attacking players can see that you know things that aren't working and they're maybe losing the ball when we've got the when they've got the confidence that our defence is going to be there to mop it, anything up. That's when we win games, Derek, because they know that they're going to get chances, and you know that's what happened again with Alfredo Morelos. So you know, absolutely delighted. We we looked back, Derek, didn't we? And we said, you know, was it any, any way winning the sort of next was it sort of seven games or, or or something like that? We all thought it's going to be a tough ask. But uh, the, the fact that we've won all of them bar one and that was a draw is just absolutely sensational. Going to, you know, Petodre and going to Easter Road, beating Celtic, it's just, it's been absolutely tremendous, hasn't it? 
Yeah, and this is why we're in the position we're in because we have been just just, uh, immense. It's uh, some of the best stuff we've played, I I think, in a long time since the Advocat era. We're incredibly, we've kind of got that the flair of the Advocat team, but we've got the very stubborn and solid defensiveness of Walter Smith's second era. It's it's just an absolute joy just now. Want to go in back into the Morellis thing though, because I think it it warrants a wee bit more coverage. I mean, for me, again, he's let himself down. as soon as I've seen that, I'm thinking, he's a lucky boy. Why does he do this every single time? He could have had us down to 10 men for for over 70 minutes in that game. A vital, vital game, which fortunately, you know, we, we, we won and he never got punished for it. He's constantly devaluing himself every single time he does this. And with him, not, he's obviously play, he is definitely playing a different role this year. Uh, but with him not scoring as much, with him constantly doing this, and clearly he's not learning, he's devaluing himself every single time. We we could have been getting, you know, 20, 30 million for him. We're going to be lucky if we can get 10 million pounds from now because he's, he's proven to other managers now that he, he is just not going to learn. You can only get away with this the excuse that's been made for him, I'm a young player thing for, for so long. For me, I think the time, he really needs to move on now. And I think Gerard needs to move him on now. We were offered a three-game ban for him, which we've accepted without challenge. And Gerard's came out today and said that you know I can't, I couldn't defend that. Um, but obviously, well, he's got issues with the the actual process of the way the SFA handled that handled the ban. Um, another thing we, we never picked up on on the on the commentary there is people were making a big deal about the McGregor, the Darren McGregor challenge on Kamara, where Kamara got stood in, stood on. To me, I genuinely don't think that there was much in that at all. I don't think it was the same thing at all. There was no motion to stamp down like there was with Morelos. And I know McGregor had comments after the game where he says a player knows where he's putting his putting his legs and putting his feet. Well, that can be taken two ways. Is if you know that you're going to stand on a player when you're in midair, you, you obviously know because there's nowhere to go. So people taking that as as a case of him admitting, yeah, he did stand on him. I don't see that he did stamp on him. I didn't see that at all. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave, on that one. Derek, can I disagree with you on quite a few of your points there, showing you that I'm, you know, we're not just going to agree with, 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 with everything. Uh, I don't want to get rid of Alfredo Morelos in the slightest. I don't, I don't want him to go. I, I don't want us to sell him. I don't want, you know, all, all, all the talk last season was we're selling him for twenty million. He's going. That lost him his place in the team. His heat was all, all, all over the place. Ever since Steven Gerrard has brought him back into the team, has he scored as many goals as he done before? No. But what he has done for the team, I think, has been you know absolutely sensational. I think he has changed his game. He has been so much smarter. And talking about the last two seasons, Derek, he was doing this three and four times a season. He was getting himself sent off. He was getting involved in things constantly before. He was getting sent off for things that, you know, he shouldn't have been sent off for as well because the referees are watching him. Whereas I don't think he's been anything like that this season. That's been 
kind of you, you know a, a one off. He, he always you know in, in in the heat of the moment you'll see him in there and there'll be a wee push here and there. But loads and loads of players do that. But because it's Alfredo Morelos, it is highlighted, right? It, it, it really is. But I think this season he's been a totally different player. And as I say, what, what, what he's done for the team, I think he's been sensational since, since he's came back in, Derek. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. They've not been able to handle him. And the goals have flown for every single person in that team because he's on the park. And I, thought, for one, would be absolutely devastated to know if we did sell him or he was to go because I think he's a huge, huge part of the team. And I think he has cleaned his act up and that was stupid. I get that. But again, because it's Alfredo Morelos and because he hasn't been in bother in a while, Derek, you know, they're, they're pouncing right on it. And I was I was pissed off. We, were, we, we, we all agreed. We was like, right, it was stupid. And yes, he could have been sent off for it, but he didn't. But the whole bloody trial bespoke scene and the whole and Andy Walker and Crocker being, you know, just talking about it constantly during the game was really pissing me off big time. And the way that they slowed it down constantly. And I mean, that clip, I don't know how, how long it's been, you know, how, how many times it's been shown. It's quite incredible. So, like I said, Derek, we, we've all got our feelings on 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 Morelos. I, for one, am delighted he's not away and and he, he didn't go. And I know you're saying that that's going to take millions away from him. But I I don't want to sell him. I would rather that we sold. You know, if we had to sell another player, which I don't think we're in the position of anymore, to be honest with you. Especially if we're going to get the chance to be playing in Champions League football next year, I think we need all the top class players, and he certainly is right up there. So I don't want to see him go. Uh, but I will say it was stupid what he did. It was you know flashes of the player that he was last season. And here's hoping that that's, you know, it, because I actually think he had cleaned his act up big time this season. But but here's the thing, in the last what, two, three months, he's been now out for five games. Now, last season, we suffered dramatically because of that. So he, he put us under pressure in yep. the games himself. We got lucky in this game, we really did. Because that could have been 70 minutes where we were down to 10 men in this game had he got a red for that. However, is it a case now, though, that you've got fans like yourself who of accepting it more now because we have cover. Because if you remember last year, because of his stupidity, we went into a semi-final with Omar Sadiq up front, yes, who had no. been untested. Where he, he, he did cost us that, that semi-final. We never had a, recognize, a, a well-trained, recognised striker up front. And he, he left us in the lurch so many times last year. And yes. this year, we're not feeling the same same lurch because we've got the cover we've got the acceptable cover now and we've got a more solid team especially at the back where if, if we did go down to 10 men it wouldn't have affected us as much so are our fans like yourself covering for that fact or if you take that out of the equation he's been missing for five games because of his own stupidity yes right but we're in totally different times now Derek and I honestly if you look at him this season He's not been anything like that this season because his game has changed, right? There is always going to be the, the, the chance that he does something stupid like that, but I honestly do think that he's matured more this season. He's obviously, the, the coaching staff have spoken to him, the players have spoken to him to, to get him involved more in the play, uh, you know, away for goal. And uh, the, the, there's always going to be players that will go out to try and, and target him 
to, to, to get them to lash out and do stuff like that. But again, that's not an excuse, Derek. I'm not making excuses that way for him. I just think that we're in a completely different situation this season. I think he's been a completely different player this season. I think he's been excellent. And uh, I'll take that as a one-off. See if he does this again, Derek, before the end of the season and he costs us points and stuff like that. I would say, I, you know, stupid and stuff like that. But what I'm, I'm, I'm more disagreeing with you in the fact, Derek, as you were saying that it's going to take m- millions off him as if we are at this moment in time desperate to sell him, you know, that we're there. And, and I don't think we are desperate to sell him. And it maybe was the case last sort of transfer window with, with, with all the talk, but I think he's maybe sort of settled down again. Uh, and this has just been a one-off this season, Derek, because I can't remember him doing anything stupid like that, you know, that's caused so much co- controversy, you know, this season. And that's been it. So, again, I think we're going to be split on it. There's a lot of maybe sensible fans out there, like yourself, that don't have their blue tinted glasses on that are, are, are looking to the future and, and stuff like that. But I, for one, would be absolutely devastated if we did get rid of them. Well, do you agree to disagree on that aye, one? Definitely, <laughs> yep. But we're still not finished with, with this incident now because one thing you note about the ban is it was fast-tracked. Apparently a quarter of all, or all the fast-tracked discipline cases this season have been with our players. Wonder why that is. Also another thing to note is the compliance officer left a role a week prior to, to this being heard, so this instantly went to the panel of three. So it basically missed a step in the process. So... It then begs the question, what's the point in the compliance officer then? Surely nothing should be getting heard to now if there's no compliance officer in place. Exactly, yeah. So... Again, the punishment is is just. I don't think many Rangers fans are are arguing with the the three-game ban. We're arguing about the process, which is deeply flawed, especially when others get away with much worse. As we're recording this just now, Scott Brown has done a clear elbow off the ball instant on a a Kilmarnock player. No carded, no pullback, no red cards, no foul, and barely mentioned, apparently, on on Sky commentary. So this is a surprise. uh, Exactly. So this is the kind of shit we're having to put up with. And we're not asking for any special favours, we're asking for fairness. That's all we want. Yet others are getting away with, with murder, and we're always the ones that get picked up on it. Uh, another one as well, though, Hibs TV, Irvin Welsh's comments were a fucking oh. abomination. Yep. Refer, referred to Morelos as a sticky bun. We all know that was in, in relation to the rhyme and slang. Yep. And obviously, I'm, I'm quoting this verbatim here, Morelos should basically basically be macheted into small pieces and yep. sent in various packets to different corners of the globe for a challenge like that and yep. kind of consumed by seagulls all around the country. What the fuck is exactly. that all about? Yep. I am very surprised as well, Derek, with the uh, comments of David Tanner, who's usually sort of, I'm not say pro-Rangers, but he's certainly not one of the haters out there. For, for him to come away and say the fantastic uh, laugh and banter with Irvin Welsh and stuff like that, I was, I was quite sort of t- t- taken aback. We all know the guy's a scumbag, Derek. I mean, regardless, he's a world-renowned author and all that. We, his comments there are absolutely shocking. I mean, you didn't say that about anybody, you didn't. I mean, there's no even absolute madmen, psychopaths out there. I mean, not, not even the likes of guys in his day like Vinnie Jones and things like that. We would have came away with that about other, other players. It's just that it's absolutely uncalled for. It's played, you know, the 
the, the fucking, idiot Hibs fans and Celtic fans out there that th- th- thought it was hilarious. I work with a lot of Jambos, Derek, and even they were like, they're saying, you know, it's just you know, it's absolutely shocking that there's nothing being said and, you know, he's not been b- b- brought to task on it at the time. I know things have changed now, but again, his, uh, oh, it was a, a th- throwaway comment for comedy value or, or, or whatever he wanted to say. It's just absolutely shocking, isn't it? And again, if it had been any other Rangers player that had done that, would he have said those things about him? No. I mean, no. Th- th- this is the thing as well, as he tried, to, kind of like you said there, he tried to palm it off and just say, you know, I say a lot of things, especially in my books, that I don't mean and it was it, it was meant as a, it wasn't meant as serious. So, but then why say it then? It's a, a exactly. shocking thing to say. Uh, David Tanner, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. He shouldn't have said afterwards on on Twitter, you know, you know, praising the the whole thing. Right. I fully appreciate he wasn't going to say anything live on air though, because you, you've never seen anybody getting pulled up live on air like that, have you? So he, he was no never going to do that. But he shouldn't have said, you know, praising the whole thing on Twitter right. afterwards. Exactly. It did it did draw fourteen complaints to Ofcom, however, but it's out with their remit. Uh, so the SFA it was tasked to them and they've asked for the footage and so we'll see what comes of that probably absolutely fuck all um, yeah. we're, st- we're still waiting on the SFA's decision on what Tom Boyd said on, on Celtic TV all those years <laughs> ago um, however Greg Marshall our SLO have confirmed that Hibs have apologised for, for it but it's it needs to be done publicly rather than third party through our SLO again, which- again no Derek it's, you know, it's fine Hibs, Hibs doing it but, but really he was on Hibs TV so he's, he's, he's been their guest but he's not a, he's not employed by Hibs he's, he's, he's not a Hibs player he's not a Hibs coach it's you know him him himself you know so I mean I'm I'm, I'm not actually blaming Hibs as an organisation for for that happening it was that him in p- p- particular I mean he should have came straight away and said listen I was stupid it was heat heat of the moment I apologise I didn't mean it or anything like that but it's it's the way that he's just tried to, to palm it off as if oh, they'll take that seriously and, and stuff like that it's it's just absolutely shocking you just didn't say things like that do you we we would never say things like that about anybody Celtic player ever we would never say anything like that we would be saying oh, I can't stand him or fucking hate him or whatever but you wouldn't actually say anything like that it's just it's, it was shocking completely uncalled for and Derek after everything that happened and all the controversy with Morello's I couldn't have been more delighted with the fact that it was him that scored that winning goal because <laughs> I know that it has infuriated so many people. So I was delighted that he scored that. Yep. So that leaves us in the table now. Played 26, won 23, drawn three, <laughs> lost zero, scored 66, only still conceded seven, goal difference plus 59, and we're on 72 points. <laughs> At the time of speaking, we are 23 ahead of Celtic, who've got two games in hand. They're currently playing, so they might draw draw three points back because they're currently 1-0 up, but there's still another half to go, so we'll see exactly. where that goes. Regardless, though, we're guaranteed 17 points ahead, so um, that's that's incredible at this it's, stage of the season. I, D- D- Derek, could you ever, in your wildest dreams, have thought that we would have been in this position? And t- taking away everything that's happened at Celtic, we have just been phenomenal this year. I mean, there's nobody would have thought that we'd have played this well, got so many wins, 
still had been undefeated at this point in the season. I think the vast majority of us we would have said, see if you could have get past January and you're still above Celtic. You know, by rights above Celtic, we, we would all have taken it. But the fact that we have just been absolutely phenomenal, it's been it's been an absolute dream for us, hasn't it? It's been absolutely tremendous and long, long may it continue. And do you know what the, the funny thing is? The only club that have came anywhere close to beating us this year are currently sitting 10th in the league and that's Motherwell Aye, exactly, yeah so, it's, uh, it's a wee uh, hex on them just now haven't we, so it's uh, but again, uh, the the belief in the players just now, the way they're playing, even when they're not playing well Derek, because the defence and the defensive side of things is so good at the moment, we are always going to wear teams down regardless who, who they are, so we're always going to have, have our chances, and Going by when you spoke in the last game there, the, the strength that we had on the bench, it's, it's phenomenal. We would have killed for half of that, you know, last season and the season before. We would have killed just even to have two of the players on, on, on the bench for us. But it shows you how far we've came. And, uh, you know, we, we are so far ahead in, in the league. We're getting, uh, as you say, you'll get into the news later, more additions to the team and uh, we're just getting stronger and stronger, Derek, and we're still got Europe to go for as well, which is it's just it's brilliant. At this moment, moment in time, it's just absolutely fantastic uh, supporting the team. And it's just, as I say, I keep saying it every week, it's just a real shame that we can't actually get to the stadium to see, to see them in person. So uh, I hope that changes soon. Yep. So the next games we've got to cover for the rest of February, we're playing tomorrow or it'll be tonight by the time this comes out. We're at home against St Johnson in the Premiership, that's a quarter to eight kickoff. Sunday the 7th of February, away to Hamilton in the Premiership, that's a midday kickoff. Saturday the 13th of February, against at home against Kilmarnock, again in the Premiership, that's a, a three o'clock kickoff. And then it's the first of our European games, which is Thursday the 18th of February, away to Royal Antwerp in the last 32 of the Europa League, that's an eight o'clock kickoff off Sunday the 21st of February at home to Dundee United in the Premiership that's a 3 o'clock kick off and then to wrap up February Thursday the 25th of February it's at home to Royal Antwerp in the last 32 of the Europa League that's a 5 to 6 kick off I'm going to have an issue because it's my wife's birthday that night so oh, yeah. right okay so, so I'll be keep, keep me updated then Derek is that what you're telling me no you'll maybe just need to say happy birthday to my wife for me so <laughs> So we'll move on now to the classic match. And there it is! The final whistle's gone! Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup! So, Dave, I've been badgering you for a few weeks to do this game, and I've had to do nine edits because there's eight goals and a red card. Exactly, Derek. It's a game that I remember very well because it wasn't that long ago. And I was trying to actually think, Derek, I mean, how how many years have we been recording the podcast, is it? Because it it couldn't have been much longer after this game actually played that we started, you know, recording. It's maybe only about two years or something like that. It really uh, wasn't that long ago because the game took place on the 30th of December 2009. So just over 11 years ago and Rangers had a fantastic result against Dundee United at Ibrox. Now, of course, it was uh, Walter Smith in his second period as Rangers manager. So the full team on that day was Alan McGregor and goals, David Weir, Sasa Papach, Kurt Broadfoot and Majid Bouguera. 
uh, in midfield, Lee McCulloch, Steve Davis, Nacho Novo on one wing, Kyle Lafferty on another wing, and up front for Rangers, Kenny Miller and Chris Boyd on the bench, Neil Alexander, Stephen Whitaker, Stephen Smith, uh, Danny Wilson, Moedu, John Fleck and Andy Little on the bench for Rangers. Dundee United, Weaver, Dylan Dodds, uh, Kenneth, Dixon Conway, Bobin, Gomez, Kovacic, Myrie Williams and Danny Kadamatari. So, Going into this game, Rangers had been flying in December. We'd scored 19 goals in five games. We were flying high at the top of the table at that point. Uh, but it was Dundee United in the early stages that actually had most of the p- possession. No, no real chances uh, for either team. They were really sort of trying to feel each other out. Dundee United were going heavily into uh, three in midfield at that stage because Rangers were just playing the two midfielders in there. So they had the vast majority of the play. But Rangers on the 20th minute were awarded a penalty. Careless return pass, exposing the United defence. This is Kenny Miller. Very good tackle initially, but not the second time. It's a penalty to Rangers. Well, Dodds did so well initially, but the second challenge was clumsy. Clearly a penalty. Boyd against Weaver. Deadly finish. Rangers have the lead. 19 and a half minutes gone. It's the first real test Weaver's had to face. And he was sent the wrong way by that excellent penalty from Boyd. Kenny Miller was fouled in the box. And Chris Boyd duly stepped up and fired it low into the right-hand corner to make it 1-0 to Rangers. So, great start for us after Dundee United sort of having the most of the ball. Just after that, it was a succession of corners for Rangers. They're about four or five in a row, but unable to capitalise. Darren Dodds and Kenneth at the back for Dundee United, really strong in the air, managing to get the ball away. And then on the 24th minute, Nacho Nova was brought down just outside of the box. Maybe an up to the side too from Davis to Boyd to get away from the wall. That's the intention. Oh, that's terrific. Absolutely outstanding. No chance for Weaver. Thunder faster by Chris Boyd. He just can't stop scoring. Just no chance at all for Weaver. That's hit with stunning power and accuracy. Well set up by Davis. Charging players couldn't get there quickly enough. What a fine strike. Upstepped Chris Boyd for an Alberts-esque shot and thunders the ball past the goalkeeper into the net to make it 2-0 to Rangers. Sensational goal there by Chris Boyd. Then on the 28th minute, a great chance. Majid Bagheera steals the ball in his own half and runs to the halfway line to Steve Davis on the right wing. He puts in a cross for Bagheera that had kept running. The ball headed up in the air and drops down to Chris Boyd who hits a volley going to the goal. Keeper had missed it, but one of the defenders managed to get a foot out and stop the ball from going over. So still 2-0 to Rangers. But he didn't have to wait much longer Chris Boyd to complete his hat-trick because on the 29th minute... Novo inside, here is Papac. Now Miller. The early ball in, it's there this time! Boyd has the hat-trick! But once again, Weaver is helpless. Truly remarkable. 29 minutes on the clock, 3-0 to Rangers, and all three for Chris Boyd. Brilliant pass it was, mind you, from Kenny Miller. 
beautifully set up goal. Back by Sevilla. That was in a plate. And Boyd eats these for breakfast. It's a fantastic low ball in from the left wing from Kenny Miller. And there was Chris Boyd right in front of goal. Wasn't he going to miss? He fires it in from close range to make it 3-0 to Rangers. Absolutely flying at this stage. One of the earliest hat-tricks I think Boyd's ever had within half an hour. Absolutely sensational. Then it was just constant pressure from Rangers. Dundee United could not get out of their half for about 10 minutes after that. And then the sort of first real sort of half chance for Dundee United in the 39th minute shot uh, hit wide by Williams from just outside the box. Still 3-0 to Rangers. Then just a few minutes before half-time, a good chance. The ball across the face of the, the Rangers goal. A really strong tackle, but cut Broadfoot last sort of ditch tackle on Kadamatari and the ball was cleared certainly looked as if it was going to be going in then just before half time Kenny Miller with a fantastic shot it was like a short sort of pass as well, sort of hard hit pass. He was going for accuracy for the bottom corner, but a fantastic save by Weaver to keep it 3-0 and the referee blew half-time. So thinking, Derek, at this point in the game, Rangers winning 3-0 and knowing what the final score was with the thought that it would have been, you know, complete one-way traffic for Rangers. But it certainly wasn't like that for the start of the second half because Dundee United came away straight away the start of the second half and actually scored. Kadamartari, well aware of the presence of Dixon advancing on the left. Good play. And the flick one was good. It's gone in. United have snatched one back in the opening minute of the second half. Brilliant play there by Dundee United. And the finisher was Casaldiolo, I think, after that very good bit of build-up play. It was Kadamartari. It's dumped in here by Dixon. The flick on was Bacassel in the oval. And uh, McGregor couldn't keep it out. What a start to the second half. It was quite a poor mistake uh, this time by Alan McGregor, which we don't see often. It was a sort of low shot from an angle and it went right underneath him and into the net. So Dundee United pulled the game back at the start of the second half and they really went for it after that Derek Danny Kikadamari for a long shot just over the bar and then where things really could have changed Kenny Miller was actually sent off on the 51st minute after a tangle with Darren Dodds no way past Dodds good piece of defending there by Darren Dodds and Dodds and Miller clash on the ground there that was not required no need for that reaction there and I think there'll be trouble here for Kenny Miller indeed it is a red card for Kenny Miller. Well, he did lash out with his feet on the ground. The referee saw that all right. He's been ordered off. I think technically this will be proved to be correct. Dundee United back in the game. They had just scored. Kenny Miller sent off. So they were uh, smelling the blood there, thinking that they could get back in. And then they had a great chance, Dundee United. And they had a shot just past the post by inches on the 64th minute. So I think Walter Smith thought we'll need to get some changes here. Things were uh, certainly at the back. Dundee United were getting a lot of chances and he actually took Nacho Novo off to the, the disgruntled crowds at Ibrox. A lot of booze when the... Novo came off, Stephen Whitaker came on and uh, straight away another chance for Dundee United just after that where Kenneth, a ball was played in, big Kenneth completely unmarked right in front of Alan McGregor. Thankfully, headed it straight into his hands, so we were really lucky with that. But then, on the breakaway, Rangers scored the goal. McCulloch. Now, Broadfoot. 
eagerness and hunger about Dundee United. This is good play from Rangers, much better play. Dylan showing a lot of that to Whittaker! It's a gift for Rangers! Stephen Whittaker has made it four! Well, such a prolific intruder early the season. It's a bad error by Sean Dillon. No question about that. Couldn't make up his mind where to go with this. Decided to try to take it on the outside, but it had too heavy a touch, and Whittaker was too quick for him. Very good opportunist goal by a man who is by nature a defender, but Whittaker does so well here to squeeze that home at the corner, and surely that takes all the strain off Rangers. It was a man that just came on as a sub, Stephen Whitaker. He basically, it was a, a loose ball played across it with the Dundee United defender, tried to play the ball out, played it to another one of his defenders in the centre of the box. Instead of hitting it first time, he let the ball go past him. He thought he could maybe beat, but Whitaker nipped in in front of him, picked the ball up, and then flicked the ball over the goalkeeper. Absolutely sensational finish, you've got to say, by Whitaker into the bottom corner to give Rangers the three-goal lead again. And that was when Rangers found a spring in their step. Dundee United, after all their playing stuff like that, knew that the game was over. And then on the 75th minute, we made it 5-1. That's a good chance. Very good chance. It's coming in the end. Chris Boyd makes it five. It takes his tally to four. Very poor defending by Dundee United. Chris Boyd's header initially blocked by Dodds, but he recovered so well to drill that home. The striker's instincts all with apparent. And Nicky Weaver, for the first time, I think, will concede that he made an error, missing the cross ball initially. Should have got a left hand to that. And from that point on, it was all about Chris Boyd corner from Whitaker on the right hand side into the box, it was a header by Chris Boyd, it came off the defender, up in the air fell back down to him and he prodded it in, Poacher, that he was and made it 5-1 Rangers and 4 goals for himself and then on only 5 minutes after that Lafferty yet another one, he's away this time from Dixon Oh, that's quite superb as Chris Boyd getting his fifth for the second time in his SPL career. Five goals for Chris Boyd. Surely incredible. Good play this by Kyle Lafferty on the right, getting away from Dixon. And then when he pulled this back, it was Boyd dumping that into the top corner. And again, Weaver left, completely helpless. Such a fine strike through the ball around that penalty box, Boyd. 6-1 to Rangers. Five goals for Boyd. Chris Boyd scored incredible five goals during this game. It was Lafferty on the right wing. He puts a low cross into the penalty spot. Boyd collects the ball. He turns and he rifles the ball into the top right-hand corner of the goal. Sensational strike by Chris Boyd. And that made the scoreline 6-1 to Rangers. But the goal scoring wasn't going to stop there. Just after he scored there, Chris Boyd came off. whole stadium standing and applauding him as he came off. Andy Little came on. And then uh, Little, I don't know if he was gone for the world record of the, the quickest book in the all time. Because he'd only been on the field for one minute. And he got booked for a late tackle straight away. Uh, but then in the 85th minute... Rangers rounded out the scoring and it was probably the best goal of the lot. Strong play there from McCullough, now from Bouguera. Off he goes again on one of those charging runs. Wants to go all the way himself, clearly. 
Oh, this is a classic. Oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely sensational. Majid Bagara with goal number seven. Wow, incredible. McCoy's cannot believe the quality of that goal from Bagara. Well, it came such a long way. Showed excellent footwork. Lots of pace and sharpness. And then a clinical finish to beat Weaver. It was from an unlikely source. Majid Bugera, who picked up the ball in his own half. He runs right through the middle into the Dundee United half. Everybody backed off him. They all went with the runners. They were expecting him to pass the ball and do something, but he just kept running. He gets to the edge of the box. He still had two defenders in front of him. He skips past one to the right, completely changes the weight to his left, skips past the other one, gets to the edge of the box, and then he just fires the ball low past the goalkeeper. Absolutely sensational goal for a defender and for Majid Bigger. A tremendous goal. Goal of the game. The referee blue for the final whistle not long after that. And very significantly, Chris Boyd beat Henrik Larsson for the SPL all-time top goal scorer. So a sensational night for Boyd, a sensational night for Rangers. And, you know, if you get the chance, please go back and watch it. I can remember it just like it was yesterday because it wasn't that long ago, but absolutely sensational stuff. So please, if you get the chance, go back and watch the game. Yeah, absolutely stunning game. And I, I can't believe we hadn't uh, covered this before. Yeah, I know. But yep. I mean, for me, the Miller red card, he did flick out his feet, but Darren Dodds completely yeah. play acting as if he yep. was kicked in the face, which he's yep. never. And then Chris Boyd's fifth goal was just incredible. He had literally come back on the park after getting a bad gash to his neck. He then headed it onto Lafferty. He made sure he got the ball into the box. And then Lafferty, when he crossed it in, he was the one who scored and he was promptly subbed right after he scored. Yeah. Just brilliant. Yes, so we'll have another good class match after in the next episode so we'll go into the news for what could have been quite a quiet uh, transfer window we had quite a busy one didn't we Dave yes Derek and whoever runs Rangers Twitter again had us all sitting refreshing the page for about an hour solid last night between 11 and 12 didn't they you know they're, they're scoundrels so, so they are with our wee uh, sort of attempting tweets that they put out, you know, m- making us, you know, they, they, they did it with us a, a couple of seasons ago when Jason Cummings signed and they certainly d- done it again last night. So I'll let you get, get into it, Derek. Yes, so we obviously knew about Scott Wright from Aberdeen. We confirmed a pre-contract sign of him and then deadline day, it turned into a proper signing. So a uh, 23-year-old winger comes uh, to, to us. It appears that we've waived some of the fee that Aberdeen owed us for McCrory in return for him coming in the now. So uh, maybe a good bit of business there. Yeah, certainly. Derek, like I said in the last pod, I don't know much about the guy, but he's certainly you know a young talent straight into the first-team squad as well. So... Stephen Gerrard obviously wants him to play, and you know we've got to trust him with the, you know the recruitment that, that he's brought in so far. So you know just delighted another young Scottish talent into the team. Yeah, uh, next one we've confirmed the pre-signing of Jack Simpson from Bournemouth, but then again on deadline day we confirmed he's coming in just now on a four and a half year deal yep. for an undisclosed fee, twenty-three year old centre back. So. Um, Certainly, I can't. It was out of contract anyway in the summer. I can't imagine it'll be much fee, a very low six figures. Yep, you know, again, Derek. I think with uh, 
you know, the, the likes of Katic being out, I'm sure you're about to get into another de- defender that's actually left. So he was obviously wanting to know that he had four fit defenders that he could rely on. And again, another guy certainly looks if like he's got a good pedigree and a young player as well. So certainly looks good on paper. Yep. Another one here from Bournemouth is we've confirmed the pre-contract signing of Namdi Ofbo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He'll spend the rest of the season on loan at Wickham Wanderers, uh, but the midfielder will join the sum in the summer for on a four-year deal. So, uh, again, don't know much about him, but you know, I think the the, the the management team have been looking at these players for for some yeah. time, and they obviously know what they're doing. There was a few. I've seen a few tweets by Wickham supporters, Derek, and he's certainly the. Uh, the standout on their team, they think very, very highly of them. I'm not saying anything bad about Wickham and this, you, you know, the league and that, that that they're playing in. But again, a young player, if he's playing, you know, well for them, his uh, his confidence is going to be sky high. So, you know, delighted. And again, it's, it's obviously a young player that the scouts have been watching, hoping that that, that we can get a you know hold on. He certainly looks like a bit of a unit in midfield there. So. Uh, no, d- delighted and, and planning planning for, for the future, Derek. That's what uh, is, is is another thing. There's three young players that you know the management team have been looking at. Their scouts have guys that they're wanting for the first team. So uh, it shows that we're you, you you know we're planning for the future. We're not just sort of resting on our laurels here uh, just for this season. We're looking ahead to next season as well. It's just it's excellent. Yep, uh, not a signing, but a, a, basically a reconfirmation that Nathan Patterson has signed a two-year extension to his deal, which means he'll keep him keep him here until the summer of 2024. So certainly he's only had a few fleeting appearances so far this year, but he's he's playing second fiddle to Tavernier, so he was never going to get a, a massive run out. But yeah. certainly another great one to tie up for the future. A few outgoings though: Glenn Middleton has joined St Johnson on loan till the end of the season. Jordan Jones has joined Sunderland on loan until the end of the season. Brandon Barker has joined Oxford United on loan to the end of the season and George Edmondson as well has joined Derby County on loan till the end of the season now we got asked for our comments on that by the Rams Review Podcast their blog that they put up so us and um, the Rangers Rabble and Club at 22 Rangers Podcast as well um, to, to do a couple of comments about them so yep. that's up well, for your, your well perusal done, just Derek, now I was very impressed with that I think uh, as, as well going on your wee review there you were brutally honest with your opinion of uh, of Edmondson, where you know the other Rangers fans in there were, a, I think, be, being a bit sort of liberal with their, <laughs> their thoughts about him. So yeah, you certainly uh, were sh- shooting for the hip with regards to everything that's happened, which was good good to hear, Derek. But uh, aye, it's I, I don't think we'll see Edmondson back, Derek. We, I think we've said that before. It's maybe a good move for him. That Darby a, a big club playing in the Championship. Uh, the Glenn Glenn Middleton one I think is a very good move for him because it's a player that we are we, we, we do think he has got the ability there and you know certainly when he first came into the team he, he did look as if he was going to be a great player for us so I'm pleased that he's still going to be playing in, in the Premier League because it means that we get to see how, how he's getting on playing in this league and as for you know the, the, the other guys that are out as well it's you know just have to hope that it works out for them and they, they gain the experience that you know that they're you know that they're wanting to try and get back into the team yeah, I mean, I generally don't think we will see any of them again in the Rangers shop. To be well, honest, I think, especially Middleton, he's been out on loan a few times now, and if he can't break, can't break into the team now, then I don't think he ever will. So, yeah. 
but we'll need to wait and see how, how that pans out. Yeah. Uh, Acad- Academy player Cami Palmer has signed a permanent deal with Linfield as well, so good luck to him. Yep. Uh, next piece of news here, Ross County's Michael Gardine has been cleared after the SFA drop, dropped the charge against them. Kel Surprise, uh, what, can you, what can you say about that? It's something was said on the park, allegedly. Yes. It's, it looks as if there's no enough evidence or, or backing up for that, so... No, it's, it's certainly not going to be back back page news, Derek. Like if it was anything to do with one of your players, uh, you can guarantee that if Alfredo Morelos had said something to one of their players, every single you know there would have been uh, investigations left, right, and centre. But again, we kind of knew that that was going to happen as well, didn't we? Yep. Next thing here is our fixture against Livingston has been moved due to them playing in the League Cup final. was meant to be on Sunday the 28th of February and now moved to Wednesday the 3rd of March. A pain in the arse of 6pm kick-off. The, I suppose that the actual date suits us. It pushes a, a potential banana skin further back, but the time's horrific again. So I'm quite happy that the game's are at 6 o'clock kick-off, Derek, because I'm working that night and it means I'll get to see it before I leave. That's, <laughs> me just be, that's me just being selfish. Next one here is just absolutely... Uh, a, a, don't know where to go with this one, but the Brigton Loyal Supporters Club have launched a GoFundMe to raise funds <laughs> to get the Red Arrows to do a flyover when we lift the title. Is this a wind-up, Derek, or is it is it genuine? Because this... when you read something like this, you're thinking this has to be a wind-up. There is no way that we would be able to get this. This is, you know, the Red Arrows are used for state events and stuff like that there's absolutely no way that this can happen and it's all that I have seen on Twitter so give me the full lowdown on it oh no this is genuine they initially tried to raise £7,000 it then went to fourteen, and when I checked last time it was at £57,000 it's just phenomenal I mean their initial targets I don't think would even buy the paint for the Red Arrows to be (laughs) honest but so how, the, how, much, how much does it cost to hire the Red Arrows, Derek? I don't know. I, I don't... I, I'm just baffled by the whole thing, to be honest. I don't think there's a cost because apparently you can actually apply. You, you send in an application form and there's certain things that is used for and the, the chance there are many where they've just put their put their um, neb in here and see what they can get from it. Um, Basically, what they would have said is any money raised in the GoFundMe, if it doesn't go towards getting the Red Arrows there, if that fails, then it's all going to charity. And there's yeah. a couple of charities, the Erskine's one of them, and I think a couple of others are, Brilliant. which is, is phenomenal for us. Yes. Uh, it's, it's going to be a great, it's a great headline anyway, for it uh, shows us in great, great light. <laughs> it's absolutely bizarre, but if we manage to pull it off, I mean, Manchester was absolutely amazing by any standards of any mm-hmm. support. If, yep. if this ends up coming, it's coming it'll be the best thing any club's done any time is it's incredible <laughs> I can't see it happening Derek but the the outrage that it has caused on the other side of the city as well it's been well worth it but, uh, I, absolutely mental it's, uh, it's it's been some season so it has I mean we've got an exceptional standing with uh, the British military so yep. you know certainly if if there was one club that, that is going to carry favour with that, then certainly it's, it's going to be us. So the next story here is the Scottish Tories have demanded an inquiry into the malicious prosecution of ex-Rangers administrators. 
I mean, this is going to run on and run on and run on. It's yeah. cost the taxpayers millions. It shows the prosecution service in a very bad light, and it's not the first time that they've completely fucked up issues around Rangers. So I, f- I fully back that one there. Something needs to, to be looked into, the reasons why this has happened. Yeah. It might it might draw to light why the prosecution was so inadequate and so yeah. inept when it came to the Craig White issue as well. Yeah. And, so we'll see how that runs. Um, it's legal minds. I don't want to get too too bogged into it. So, so man's penis held ransom for seven hundred pounds <laughs> by hackers who had accessed his digital chastity belt. <laughs> his digital chastity belt. A man had his. <laughs> had his penis held to ransom for more than £700 after hackers managed to lock a digital chastity belt he had been wearing. The man had been wearing the device known as the Quee Cellmate, a chastity cage that connects to the internet, which has billed itself as the world's first app-controlled chastity device. (laughs) He suddenly received a strange message on his phone via the product's app, with a stranger telling him they had taken control of his chastity belt and wanted $1,000. In Bitcoin... If he wanted control back of the device. <laughs> Speaking to Vice, the man recalled, initially I thought it was my partner doing that. It sounds silly, but I got very excited by it. That would be quite painful then. <laughs> However, when he called his partner and told her their safe words, oh aye, she said it wasn't her, meaning it then dawned on him that he had been hacked. He then continued, I started looking at the thing. There was no manual override at all. It's a chastity belt. I guess it kind of shouldn't have had an override. Oh my god. But when it's a digital thing like that, it should have had a key or something, but obviously (laughs) it didn't. The man admitted he's starting to freak out and panicking before realising he had some Bitcoin stashed in an old account. (laughs) He sent the hacker some of the currency, but then they asked for more, as they always bloody do. The man, uh, and his pa- the man and his partner ended up having to think of ways to get his penis out of the chastity cage manually. They only had a hammer. So popped out to purchase a pair of bolt cutters, which took a while to work. I wonder if he went out as well. Thankfully, they were eventually able to break the device, but the bolt cutters ended up also injuring the penis. He went on to say, I don't have a scar or anything, but it was bleeding and it fucking hurt. Explaining that he and his partner were unable to have sex for over a month. After he managed to free himself, he threw the cellmate away and deleted the app. (laughs) The the incident also made him rethink how he uses similar devices, especially any that involve intimate areas. Similar devices, right. He added, if you're into it, that's fine, because you're into what you're into. But use a lock in a physical lock case. These digital things, I cannot trust them. Come on, explanation please, Derek. Basically, it's a big plastic thing that you put over your bits and it locks it in place so you can't touch it or anything. What if you need the toilet? Well, that's part of the thing, I think. So I'm guessing. Oh my God, there's some bloody weirdos out there, so there is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dearie dear. Right, okay. Weird bastards. So, on that note, that'll end the podcast. Yes. So, as ever, if you want to check out all the other stuff and weird, crazy stories that we do, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com, and there you can find everything. So, Dave, you anything else to say? 
No, just uh, hoping that our next podcast is uh, even more victories to uh, discuss, Derek. And as ever, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, we'll uh, be having some more guests on the podcast uh, in the weeks to come as well. So, no, that's that. Just take care, folks, and bye for me. Thanks for listening and goodbye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.